You're listening to the Independent News Hour. I'm your host, John Tarleton, Editor-in-Chief of the Independent, New York City's progressive newspaper and website. In our uh, next segment here, we're going to look at Joe Biden's foreign policy and the people he's choosing to execute it with, with one of America's great peace activists. Unfortunately, a lot of uh, Biden's uh, uh, hires seem to be people who are more of the mindset of uh, give war a chance, but we're going to explore that more in a moment. Before we before we get to Medea Benjamin, I want to let people know about a Zoom webinar that uh, the Independent and several other groups are hosting on Saturday afternoon, starting at two o'clock. Uh, Medea will be one of our uh, participants, along with Norman Solomon and retired Army Major uh, Danny Surgeon, who fought in Iraq and Afghanistan and has since become a fierce critic of our nation's uh, forever wars. I'll be moderating the discuss- discussion, which is being presented by the Independent, Code Pink, Women for Peace, Peace and Planet News, New York City Veterans for Peace, and Brooklyn for Peace. So this is going to be a really uh, exciting, informative event. Now, you can go to independent.org and register there for Saturday's webinar, uh, which, again, starts at 2 o'clock. And if you don't use Zoom, you can also follow the event live on the Independent's Facebook page or watch it later as a recording. Uh, so right now, uh, we'll have a little bit of a preview of Saturday's discussion as we're joined by Medea Benjamin of Code Pink Women for Peace. Medea, thank you for joining us on the show this evening. Hey, nice to be with you. Yes. So uh, let's start, uh, first of all, with uh, the latest news of uh, Lloyd Austin's uh, nomination uh, to be Secretary of Defense, a uh, former four-star general. Uh, who retired in 2016 uh, and will be the first uh, African-American uh, to lead the Defense Par- Department if he's uh, confirmed. Uh, do you want to uh, add to anything you, to what you said in, you, in the clip and the headlines, your thoughts about uh, the appointment of a former general and, and somebody with a lot of ties to military-industrial complex? Well, it's just the reaction been coming out around Austin. There are people like Rosa Brooks, who was cheerleading for Flournoy, uh, who said, we shouldn't confirm a general. Uh, You don't want to call a civilian. And then you look back on a a long piece she wrote years ago when she just said the opposite. It just said, doesn't matter. Uh, It's their policy that matter, not whether a general or not. And that might have been important in the 40s when it was instituted, but it's not important anymore. Uh, and uh, it is something that is because Medea, your phone's uh, fading in and out a little bit. Is there anything you can do to get a the stronger? Phone is fading in and out. You were for a moment, but oh, let's better now. That, that, yeah, that's a little bit better. So you, you were you were saying that that. There were people that were rooting for a first uh, woman secretary of defense and who was even uh, more of a hawk than uh, the person Joe Biden chose. Yes. And they were also using now uh, against Austin the fact that he's a general. When you look back at the same person, Rosa Brooks, uh, and she was saying earlier, years earlier, that it didn't matter if it was a general, uh, that that was not important. Um, and my to say that the, um, the issue about whether he's a, a general, a, a difference or not, 
Um, there's a lot of debate about that. Uh, and that it's interesting that Joe Biden just wrote an op-ed in The Atlantic today where he came out saying that one of the most things that the military will have to do now is help get this vaccine all over the country and that Austin has um, experience in uh, the most uh, complicated logistical um, uh, operations ever carried out in recent history, which is the withdrawal of tens of thousands of troops from Iraq. And so he can do this job well with the vaccine. I found that quite interesting how he's um, putting the, the vaccine on the front burner of what we need to do, including the military. What is this? I mean, normally uh, countries that rely on the military to do uh, a little bit of everything are, are uh, uh, you know, con- countries that have a lot of a lot of problems. Uh, we pay a lot of taxes in this country. You would uh, you would think we we would have other agencies that could carry out uh, an inoculation campaign, and that we wouldn't have to rely on the military. Sure. But I'd rather have the military getting vaccinations out quickly and efficiently than killing people elsewhere. So perhaps it's good to distract. <laughs> uh, fair enough. Fair enough. Now, uh, I mean, looking beyond uh, Lloyd Austin, uh, so many of the uh, appointees that we, we've seen uh, come down the pipeline from Biden in the national security sphere have a lot of ties to the military industrial complex and uh, all sorts of consulting gigs and investments. And uh, can you talk about that? It, 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 it seems to have very much become normalized at this point. Yes. And before we move to the broader cabinet, let's just look at the options that Biden was considering for Secretary of Defense. Uh, it seemed there were three people, Michelle Flournoy on the board of Booz Allen Hamilton, Jay Johnson on the board of Lockheed Martin, and then uh, General Austin on the board of Raytheon. So these were the three, quote, choices that we had. In addition, each one of those had intimate ties with military industries. And the same can be for the other picks were Anthony Blinken, B, if confirmed, the Secretary of State, co-founded with Michelle Flournoy this consulting group called West Exec Advisors and touted how they had the inside knowledge of office and would you have their customers who were most really know, but uh, who wanted something from the Pentagon. And we don't know because they sign non-disclosure agreements with their clients. Uh, So this is very important when the confirmation hearings happen for people like Anthony Blinken is to demand to know who their clients are. In addition to working for military contractors, uh, Silicon Valley companies that are developing more high-tech uh, weaponry and uh, uh, um, uh, 
by drones, kind of uh, robotic and artificial intelligence. Um, there is also foreign countries like Saudi Arabia and like United Arab Emirates that have been doing business with these consulting firms money to the things run by these um, people when they're out of office. And so it just goes round and round and round. Uh, unfortunately, we're getting the next round of people who have been very uh, much benefiting, profiting personally from fossil fuel companies, weapons companies. They're being recycled into the Biden team. Right. Well, Biden, you know, said it in his first uh, his first uh, campaign fundraiser and nothing would fundamentally change. Uh, uh, I want to take a moment here uh, uh, to uh, listen to a clip from Antony Blinken, uh, Biden's uh, nominee to be the next uh, secretary of state. He's uh, served Biden in various uh, capacities over the years. And uh, this is uh, Antony Blinken. Uh, talking about his stepfather's uh, story of American benevolence at the end of World War II. And um, it's a a very uh, heartwarming story in one way, but I find the way that Blinken almost weaponizes it to be uh, very troubling. And I want to talk about that after we come back from listening to this clip. And my late stepfather, Samuel Pizarro, he was one of 900 children in his school in Bialystok, Poland, but the only one to survive the Holocaust after four years in concentration camps. At the end of the war, he made a break from a death march into the woods in Bavaria. From his hiding place, he heard a deep rumbling sound. It was a tank, but instead of the Iron Cross, he saw painted on its side a five-pointed white star. He ran to the tank. The hatch opened. An African-American GI looked down at him. He got down on his knees and said the only three words that he knew in in English that his mother taught him before the war. God bless America. So there so there it is, the uh, Anthony Blinken's uh, origin story. And of course, he's played a a leading role, uh, along with others, in in encouraging the intervention in Libya that ended disastrously uh, and uh, expresses regrets that the U.S. didn't intervene more in Syria. Uh, uh, Medea, can you talk a little bit about this on, on the sort of the liberal end of the national security state? There's this uh, doctrine of responsibility to protect that emerged in the years after the Cold War, first during the Clinton administration, and how officials like Tony Blinken and Michelle Flournoy and others have wielded it and uh, you know used it as a logic for intervention that's different than the, the sort of more revenge-minded uh, uh, salesmanship of war we get from the right wing, but the the uh, outcomes are often very similar. Yes, at heart, it's still part of the imperial mindset. Uh, it's just framing it in a different way to have Samantha and Susan Rice uh, known for humanitarian intervention. Uh, then we have Blinken. I remember Blinken uh, when he was the key aide to Biden in the foreign uh, relations Committee of the Senate, they were talking about dividing Iraq to three parts. And really, the U- U.S. had the right to not only invade, uh, but to reconfigure Iraq uh, 
uh, into U.S. Uh, uh, a vision uh, of how we wanted that country to look. Of course, that never happened, and what happened was a disaster in the U.S. unleashing this sectarian horror in Iraq, and the uh, U.S. really responsible for the creation of ISIS. So no matter how it's framed, still U.S. intervention has only resulted in death and destruction and horror for the victims of this intervention. And I think we should be very worried about uh, Anthony Blinken and other members of the team that are coming in. On the other hand, we should be heartened that it's a different time, that uh, Biden seems to understand that there is a desire for ending these wars and understands that number one priority is the pandemic and hopefully understands the severity of the climate crisis. Um, I worry about his rhetoric and those he brings with him when it comes to China and being, uh, very tough about how they're going to deal with China, which is really a justification for a new Cold War, uh, even increased military spending, and it is very dangerous. So that is something that we have to really work on to stop them from us into conflict with China and instead cooperate on the pandemic and the climate crisis and other areas where we need global cooperation. Absolutely. Well, we'll have to leave it there for now. Uh, Medea Benjamin of Code Pink Women for Peace, thank you so much for joining us on Independent News Hour, and we look forward to talking with you more on Saturday during the uh, the big uh, Zoom webinar event that the Indy and other groups are uh, co-hosting that you'll be a part of. Wonderful. I look forward to talking to you then. All right. Thank you, Medea. Okay. Bye-bye.